Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here to talk about the 2020 defensive line for the Ravens today. Review that with me, Jason Wolbert. Jason, how you doing, buddy? Cheers. I'm doing great. Wonderful. <laughs> great to have you back on, Jason. I, I, always a great guy to talk football with. And uh, we're going to go through this defensive line. Obviously, a, a line that had some injury problems this year. They played well when they were healthy. The injuries to Campbell and Williams really stuck out, uh, particularly during the bad five-game stretch at midseason. The Ravens, uh, Eric DaCosta, 
and the front office uh, put more effort into uh, revitalizing the defensive line than any other group uh, coming into the season. Um, and at the end of the day, they did, in my opinion, a very good job. Um, they put the effort into it, and by the time we had gotten around to playoff football, uh, the defensive line uh, was doing their job. That's right. Only two names really uh, stayed from the 2019 team. Only Williams and Ellis were still around from that group. Uh, Wormley gone, and uh, I'm trying to remember who else is gone. Zach Sealer was gone from earlier in the season. Yeah, that uh, was an unfortunate loss. Zach Sealer yeah. has played very well for the Dolphins, and good, good on him. He yeah. might have actually broken the uh, the seventh round draft pick problem that the franchise the jinx but uh so be it um the line can certainly get younger there will uh, moving forward when we get to that section we'll talk about um uh, what they still need to do there is still work to be done for the defensive line moving forward yeah very much so even though it's a talented group i think i'd mirror your comment is that it's a it's a unit that desperately needs to get younger as part of a plan to move a lot of money from defense to offense in terms of the maturing contracts. And, you know, we, everybody's aware of Brown, Andrews and Jackson, Bozeman is there. Um, you know, there's a, there's a need to generally put a lot more money into the offense and it has to come from the defense. There's no other place for it to come from really the special teams, you know, makes a within a narrow band about the same every year. So uh, it, it really has to come from in, in fair part, either the defensive line or the cornerbacks. And um, in today's NFL, um, there's a pretty positive correlation between spending uh, your capital on your secondary and on your cornerbacks and safety and having success, sustained success. So keeping the money in the secondary uh, regarding the money that you do spend on defense is in a in a vacuum, a pretty good idea, which means they're going to have to save elsewhere. Yeah, that's and you know what? That's the hard question about being a GM is not how do I get the best player at every position because anybody on Twitter can tell you that. Just sign everybody. But the, it's it's what positions am I going to intentionally economize at? Am I going to de-emphasize running back, inside linebacker, potentially even wide receiver in an offense like the Ravens to spend less at those positions? Do I think I can go with more young offensive linemen? Do I think I can go with more young defensive linemen? Uh but I think you're right. I think there's a lot more great defenses built back to front in the NFL now with the emphasis on passing. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, not only that, but you think about the ages of the specific players and we're looking at the prime uh, years of Humphrey. Uh, we're still in the prime years of Peters might even have uh, another like extension. If Peters and the Ravens are amenable, to that, you have uh, the safeties right now. They're not paying quite as much to the safeties now that Earl Thomas is gone. Um, and once definitely his, in their prime. Yeah, they are definitely in their prime. So um, the Ravens are kind of caught in the situation where their veterans, the veterans they picked up, uh, especially uh, particularly Wolf and Campbell for the season, still are playing at a pretty high level despite their age, belying their age, perhaps. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, there's already been 
rumors rumbling about Wolf and the Ravens talking to each other uh, about him staying. Uh, pretty sure he wants to stay. Pretty sure the Ravens would like to keep him, but in the suppressed market, who knows? Um, Played so over 58% keep, yeah. of the snaps this year. They leaned on him like nobody else during the injuries, and he was the one guy who could be in there, be an Iron Man. He was a two-down player, and then he became a three-down player when they when they lost Campbell and Williams for a significant time. Uh, that's that's true. So he ended up being the Iron Man of the defensive line over the over the course of the of the season. Um, and if I were to hand out you know the uh, positional MVP award, he would be it. Um, because he held the, literally held the line. Um, lots of good things the, to say. Go, go ahead. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, so, uh, and in the end, at the end of the day, uh, the Ravens go into the playoffs. They hold Tennessee to 12 total first downs, and then they hold the bills to 220 total yards, 32 of which were rushing yards. And uh, four of 13 third down uh, conversions. So the defense in the playoffs did their job. Uh, For they sure. played winning football. So it was a success, at, in, in my opinion. The defensive line ended up being a, a success story amidst all the COVID and, and stuff like that. Yeah, well, let's talk about some some specifics about Wolf in particular, because in addition to obviously the Iron Man play and whatnot, he really provided the Ravens some things that don't always show up on the stat sheet as a pass rusher, being a good pick player, uh, underneath mm -hmm. guy on stunts. Uh, a lot of the Ravens' traffic was created by his ability to get underneath. He also, you know, the underneath guy often gets the opportunity. He had some of that, and then uh, in the playoffs, uh, one of his big sacks. I guess it was in the Tennessee game, right? Was it was as the over guy, honestly. Mm -hmm. We didn't see too often. Uh, one of the hidden, uh, one of the hidden things you just don't see in in stats um, is taking on uh, blockers on the other side. Um, football is an eleven on eleven game, so a lot of times it comes down to math. If you take out, if 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 you are being double teamed, well now it's suddenly nine on ten. Uh, or if you take care of, uh, depending on the situation, um, your guy, uh, you do your job, but it doesn't show up on the stat sheet and doesn't, it isn't, um, it isn't flashy and you end up being an unheralded player. Now, Kelly Gregg was doing that for so many years. Yeah, he, he was very productive as a tackler, too, which is unusual for these nose guys. But usually, oftentimes, those guys don't they, they don't show up on the stat sheet at all. You're right. Um, with, with Wolf, you know, I guess I have a question as to what's the highest the Ravens should pay to retain his services. I, you know, he came here on a one-year prove-it deal. I think of most of the Ravens you could look at, he, was, he really did prove it. And the question is, what are, what are you willing to pay on a two-year extension for Wolf at this point? Oof. Um, this is an unusual situation because of the re the suppressed market and the reduced cap. Well, um, we're hearing the latest rumors is that the cap isn't going to be as bad as once thought. But we still don't know what the cap is going to be. And my guess is, based on the timing of how things are going down, the Ravens are waiting to see what the cap is is going to be before they have a definitive offer. Uh, 
uh, for Wolf. Yeah, I, I I think that's true. I think there maybe both sides are waiting, and and Wolf's team may be saying, you know, let's just see how soft this market is. But the truth of the matter is, I think that the cap it won't be a hard figure again, and it'll be a figure that over years there may be borrowing allowed from the future, but there won't be any change in total cap dollars over multiple years. So that's something that I think people um, you, you might be able to gain a slight advantage from borrowing. I'm sure the Ravens will do that to the limit that they can. Ronnie Stanley, they can turn 5.2 million of, of this year's cap dollars into 1.3 million spent each of the next four. That would certainly be a move that I would expect the Ravens to make. In Wolf's case, I still think they get them pretty cheap. I'm thinking two years between four and six million dollars. Not not a huge number. Um, okay. I would probably, I would wonder if they could stretch that out to a three-year deal with a bit of a higher, uh, annual average, but a lower cap number on year one, and then revisit that after two years of the three-year deal to see if he's still going to be playing. Okay. So three for 10, you would say you're going to, st- you know, still minimize the signing bonus, which is what's going to really be interesting to Wolf. So he's probably going to want a million and a half or something to sign. Mm-hmm. And then have eight and a half of it be in salaries and bonuses that occur in in the year given. Uh, yeah, that's the kind of thing that I would be looking for. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, yeah, I believe he's going to be an affordable piece, and they're going to have to bring him back because if they draft somebody to be his replacement, he may not be ready yet. Yeah, absolutely, and and they're going to have to spend draft picks on the line. We can get to that a little later, but uh, definitely a spot where the age is there and. Uh, in no way more present than with Campbell, uh, who is now what thirty-five years old, right? Entering this, yeah, year. it's it's he's he's unusual. Uh, he has he has an unusual trajectory dealing with his age. Um, I think it's uh, possible that his size and his length um, has allowed him to uh, sustain his career a little bit longer because he can keep guys off of him have fewer impacts over the years. Um, and Campbell himself, uh, he, at this point, he knows exactly what he has to do to uh, stay uh, relevant. I mean, he's not someone who is looking to improve, so to speak, so much as um, maintain his level of play and not fall off. And he knows, he talked about it uh, in an interview this season. He knows if he gets low, he plays better, you know, so he knows what he has to do. Um, it's unfortunate. He missed a few games in the middle of the season. Yeah. It certainly cost the Ravens when he did, but I want to get back to a point you said that, that he needs to maintain. If you really think about the aging curve and it sounds to me, you may have a background at looking at the aging curve with, with relation to baseball players, for example, Jason, just from some of the things you've said, even in, in this brief 15 minute talk so far is that Campbell uh, you would figure him to be on the decline of his career. And and players in their 30s, they may not always have a predictable downward sloping decline, but Campbell has followed a little bit of that pattern with his sack total the last four years now. Mm-hmm. And and this was the first year where his snap total really dropped off dramatically. He played between 77 and 80% of snaps for five straight years, and that's between 29 and 33, which is just amazing to me. That's all on the downhill side of, a, of an NFL career. And then at 34, all of a sudden he played, I think it was 38% of the snaps. I have it in a spreadsheet here, but uh, bring it up for a second. Yeah, 39.4% of the snaps this year. So it's, this is a case of 
um, two effects. One is the injuries that you mentioned. The other is that Martindale and the Ravens use more of a rotational system that should help a, a, a player like Campbell produce at a higher level on a per snap basis. It's uh, reminiscent of the treatment that Terrell Suggs got mm-hmm. when he got into his mid thirties. Um, you have a guy who's been a stud, who's been a, uh, a borderline hall of fame career caliber player. Um, when they decline, they're declining from such a high level that they're still pretty good players and reducing the snap count helps elongate their career to a point where, um, I don't think he's going to be, uh, I, I crossing my fingers, you know, of course, but I think he's still going to be a high level, uh, player next year. Yeah. I mean, the Ravens are certainly counting on that on the back end of this two year deal. I, I don't think Campbell will be the surprise cut. You know, we've talked about who might be the shocking cut this year. Of the players remaining, it comes down to two for me. It's either Williams or it is Peters. Who will be mm-hmm. cut. You mentioned the possibility of a Peters extension. That would make sense. So would a, so would a Williams extension maybe for another year uh, to try and make the money work better for the COVID cap. But uh, it, to me, uh, I don't think they'll extend Campbell. I think they'll they'll play him and 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 either allow him to walk after the the season or uh, get him on another one year deal, maybe or a two to make one deal. Yeah, I have a feeling that Campbell is going to end up either retiring a Raven or signing like a a one-day contract uh, with one of his former teams if he wants to do that. Oh, there you go. So you think think this will be his last season? Um, I think there's a high probability. Um, I think that that probability would go way up if the Ravens so happened to win a Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, One can only hope. Yeah, good bet. Good bet there. Okay, let's move on here. We want to get to all these players who had some playing time in 2020. Who do you want to talk about next? Uh, Brandon Williams. Uh, you had mentioned his name, um, and uh, he is the third of the three main starters uh, for the uh, AARP group of uh, the de- <laughs> defensive line. Um is that what the R in Monstars stands for? <laughs> ARP? <laughs> Maybe. Um, uh, Brandon Williams has been a, um, a, a, a topic of debate for years now because of the amount of money that they have invested in him. And it is a question of one side thinks he's not worth the contract because of positional value. The other side says, well, just look at what the Ravens have performed without him. Uh, so in this case, we're getting to the point where it doesn't really matter. They have to have to have to have to find his replacement some way in some form or fashion. I have been a Brandon Williams fan. I like the guy and, um, I, I I'm happy for, for his contract. I haven't really been much of a complainer about it myself because the Ravens mantra has been, it may sound archaic, but it's still run defense, shutting down the run first and then figuring out uh, what to do after you've made the opponent one dimensional. And there has been a bit of a resurgence in the run game, partially because of the um, the popularity of the Ravens. But you also have teams like Cleveland and Tennessee who are run first teams who are kind of establishing and making playoffs and winning playoff games. So it's a copycat league. You might see a bit of a resurgence of the run game. 
well, certainly are very important conference rivals there. And to, to me, it's about if you're going to build your defense back to front as the Ravens have, that you then have to find the couple of guys that can help you stop the run. And Williams is one such guy. And maybe Wolf is one such guy. Maybe Campbell's one such guy. I think McPhee is definitely one such guy. But the Ravens need to, if they're going to economize on that, they need to figure out how they're going to get it done. And I'm not so sure that the the money they spend on Williams, because it's really most of the extra cap dollars over men they spend is on Williams. It's really just not that much in total. What they did spend mm-hmm. a lot on was draft capital to, to get inside linebackers this last draft. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that is a position where, you know, once you – Spend that kind of capital on inside linebacker. You have to let them grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I would uh, I would not be surprised if the Ravens go defensive line in round one in this draft. Um, it's a it's a position of scarcity. Um, it's not very deep. If they can identify the guy they really want, they may take him in round one and go for deeper positions such as offensive tackle and wide receiver later. Yeah, we'll I, I see. would agree. Um, I would agree completely. It's 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 a huge position of need with the relative age, and I think it makes sense to go one early, one mid, or late at the position. If you're gonna you're gonna try and get one one guy you think is more of a sure thing, and then one thing one guy who's more of a lottery ticket late. Um, they haven't hit on the lottery ticket. They didn't this last year, I don't think, with mm. Washington. But yeah, uh, well, yeah. Um, <laughs> Regarding nose tackle, there is a bit of a, in my opinion, there's a bit of a market inefficiency here with no, with nose tackle. Um, they're cheap. Uh, run defending defensive tackles that aren't uh, big pass disruptors are cheap. And that's really where the, this thing comes from with what would you, you can get people that would be more cheap than Brandon Williams that can probably give you that 80-20 um, uh, 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 proverbial 80, 80, 20 production, um, uh, contract value, but they still have to actually do that. Um, there's uh, Williams specifically like finding, finding a replacement eventually for Wolf or Campbell. Uh, you could, the way this draft is is follow, is uh, falling in place, they could get that. But a nose tackle, you're pretty much looking to get that in middle rounds at the earliest. Um, uh, they're just not valued high enough. They're not there. Um, so you were talking about a surprise cut, I think, if I were to say, if I had to pick one person, it would be Brandon Williams that would be cut. Um, but I think there's also a pretty good chance for for an extension because there's nobody behind him. Okay, so let me give you the the, the counter reason not to do that. I'm not saying you're wrong because I think there is a chance Williams is still the cut. But uh, this year, Justin Ellis was the guy who who played when Williams was out, and he played a ton of snaps. In fact, they almost played the same number of snaps this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ellis, when he was in. yards per play when he was not in there 5.1 yards per play so they were the the defense was decidedly better when Ellis was not in there in the case of Williams 4.6 yards per play when he was in there 5.5 yards per play when he was not in there right so it made a big difference and that number it's not it's not a be-all end-all because you know obviously there's some differences in opponent level and whatnot and they're facing Tennessee Asking Ellis to play too many snaps is a is a bad combination for giving up too many yards, for example. But I still say that that's a fairly good indication Williams is earning his money. 
Yeah, uh, Ellis is um, uh, the kind of guy that is around the league. You can find guys like him around the league that are um, stone statues, so to speak. Uh, mm -hmm. They're they they don't move, but they but you know it's a two way street. Um, and Williams is a it is just a, a cut above that. Uh, not to try to you know disparage uh, Ellis uh, that much. I thought he was a uh, terrific low key signing last year. Um, yeah, definitely services. In 2019, when they signed him, it was a big part of turning the line around. He didn't, he didn't do, he didn't play all as much as Pecco did, but I thought he played pretty well. And definitely for what you're asking him to do, they, they, the Ravens didn't get great, didn't get as good production from Ellis as they could have if they'd had him playing half as many snaps, which is probably about what he should have. Right. Um, and uh, I, I don't, I don't imagine. They'll bring him back, but you just don't know. I mean, they're they're bringing back guys that I didn't think that they would bring back, but because they are veteran minimum, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, the Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you, like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Ravens are just saying, hey, you know what? Come on back, you know. Uh, we got no problem signing you for a vet minimum contract if you're willing to play they, for us. They have a formula they really do with that where they'll, they'll give them 25 or 50 or 75,000 of guaranteed money. And basically invite them to camp, and then mm -hmm. they'll be cut at the end of camp, or they'll or they'll be, and they could do that again with Ellis. They could probably also wait until after the draft to re-sign him, and decide if they really think they have the depth or not. But I think they they kind of have an idea whether they they might have it or not based on who they might draft, and they could just say, yeah, let's go ahead and, and take a fifty thousand or twenty five thousand dollar gamble on bringing him back at at vet min plus that, right. That makes sense. And he could be this, the kind of guy that he's not playing and then somebody gets hurt. And next thing you know, he gets a call from Eric DaCosta saying, hey, come on back. You don't know. Right. Not on the roster. That's that's key because you can't protect a guy like Ellis. You're not going to come mm -hmm. on the practice squad. It, somebody else will have the hole before you do. Right. And, and you know, of, of 32 teams, you're unlikely to be the first to develop that hole at nose tackle. But you, you could be on the sideline for the whole year and, and – you know, hey, stay in shape. We'll give you a phone call. Right. All right. Uh, so that's uh, uh, Matabike. Matabike. Okay. Um, Matabike is the is the one guy that is going to be part of the future of the defensive line. Um, he made very good progress from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. Um, his play improved quite a bit. As a matter of fact, at the beginning of the year, he wasn't even getting any snaps. Um, by the end of the year, he was getting somewhere between uh, 30 and 50% of the snaps uh, for the team on a game-to-game -game basis. Um, I'm excited about this guy. He was my favorite draft pick of the draft when they, uh, uh, when they at the time they had it. 
Um, I think this is a first round talent that they got in round three, something that they've done multiple times over the past few years. Um, he has uh, uh, an unusual 40 time. Yes, for, for an interior defensive lineman at 483, that's extremely quick. And uh, you'd think that that wouldn't matter, and yet you see that there is a bit of a correlation between 40 time and, and defensive tackle production. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I, I see you see that 40 time and part of me is trying to do a traits based evaluation and saying this is a guy who can loop, who can go crazy on stunts and, you know, he can be an over or an under guy potentially. But what I saw at Amadabik as the season rolled on is he was winning his one on one matchups to a much higher degree. And I know there's one game, uh, I think it was a Jacksonville game in week 15. I had him pegged for five pressures in the game and all five were one on one wins. Mm-hmm. So that's really exceptional when you get that kind of a day. The Ravens scheme for a lot of pressure, they mm-hmm. get free runners a lot. You know, they get a, 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 somebody taking advantage of a stunt. They get, you know, a, a, a blitz coming from somewhere where there's not a really a whole block put on the guy or advantage against a running back or whatnot. Matt Abike just beating a lineman straight up five times out of out of five pressures in one game was impressive. That's kind of his kind of his calling card is having top notch. Uh, acceleration coming out uh, of, of the snap, just being able to boom, just like that, and the, and the guy's beat, yeah, um, which also works very well with those stunts. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's very good. The heavy hands are what surprised me this year. It's just he's he's got these monstrous clubs that he's coming down on the offensive linemen with, and offensive linemen are trying to use their li- length effectively versus Matipika. He's not a huge man, but he, he has a very heavy club-like hands to shed that uh, that length of the the uh, the guard usually that's blocking him. Um, yeah, uh, there just there are a lot of traits that you like about the guy, um, and he's one of the people on the roster that needs for the Ravens su- to sustain their success. He needs to be one of the guys that takes a, another leap in year two, um, because right now he's the only guy they have in that room that looks like he's going to be uh, part of their uh, long-term future. Now, you know how he played the second half of the year. Would you be satisfied with that for the entire year this year? I mean, meaning he probably ratchets it up to about 400 snaps based on his half year production, maybe even slightly more than that, maybe 450. And he, uh, which would be more than anybody except Wolf had this year by the way, for starters, and he plays at the same level he did for the entire year. I would take that. Yeah, I I would take it. Um, I think there there's still uh, maybe a little bit of room for improvement, um, uh, particularly with uh, run recognition. Um, But uh, uh, it's like he's a piece. He's he's a piece of the future puzzle. And what you're looking for is who's the guy that's going to be next to him to be able to kind of partner with him. Um, but yeah, double his workload, same kind of um, uh, impact. I would certainly take that for next season. Yeah, me too. Uh, he, he did get most of his playing time on the early downs in this last year, but that's going to change. He only played 18 third downs as I have it here. And that that's includes some penalties. So uh, does not it's not going to totally match up, but uh, 161 first downs and 97 second downs. So this is a player who's who definitely sees more early down action. Hmm. 
They can get okay. him more. I, 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 I guess what I'm saying is here, with the pressure he showed on early downs and some of that one-on-one pass rush wins, he's definitely a guy I'd, I'd be comfortable with having on the on the field on third down. It's just a question. The Ravens have other defensive packages, race car, and right. you know, using a third outside linebacker that they like to play on. This they team. have third down packages where there are one or perhaps even zero defensive tackles that are out there. So, yep. And when there's one defensive tackle, I mean, you've got Calais Campbell, you know, or or Wolf. So that's not really a big deal. I think uh, moving to the future, you can certainly see uh, Matabike um, uh, uh, take over that position a little bit more on third down. Um, Okay. So Washington, Roderick Washington was his uh, draft mate. Um, And... um, I give the Ravens the benefit of the doubt here. I didn't quite understand uh, the draft <laughs> pick. Um, I understand that, you know, the, the need to continue to get young defensive linemen. So there's that. Um, but uh, there, there's nothing there's nothing about his game that, that showed there's no, like, elite trait to hold on to. Um, he was just kind of there for the season. But you have to give him at least another year to iron things out. It could just be that he didn't catch up. He he may get that. He may not. Obviously, Daylon Mack did not get a second year after an eight-snap rookie year. Now, we got more playing time out of Washington at 14.8%. Some of that's a function of they just didn't have any but other bodies. And, you know, when Campbell and Williams were injured, and, and those even I don't think were the only injuries they had on the line this year, they were having to have Washington be their fourth defensive lineman for some guy. I believe Crawford might have been their fourth defensive lineman for that for that Pittsburgh COVID game. So, you know, they're very shorthanded. And I don't I don't know that he would have played close to 15% of the snaps if the Ravens hadn't had the kind of injury problems they did this year. No. Yeah, I I uh I agree. Uh he had snaps early in the season because Matabike wasn't having those snaps. And then later on, he he played uh, he took over quite a bit of snaps in that three game losing streak that mm-hmm. the Ravens had, of which uh, Williams and um, uh, Campbell were missing those were missing that time and had a very big part played a very big part in them losing those three games. Yeah, New England, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh. So he's act- asked to do more in terms of run defense in those games and. I don't think we could say it really worked out this year in terms of of what he gave in terms of point of attack presence, uh, in terms of that gap integrity the Ravens like to have. Yeah, um, uh, he may be able to he may be able to stick on. Um, he's already done better than Dalen Mack has, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he has performed to a level where they're going to give him another look, uh, but I wouldn't be counting on him. Um, I don't want to uh, uh, sound too discouraging about a player who's, you know, you, it's it's um, it's quite an accomplishment to say that you're an NFL player, you know. But uh, uh, I think they need to upgrade that spot. Yeah, I would agree. I think you know he he also got trial by fire for a rookie. So if you yeah. want to point to that and say that you know these are snaps he probably shouldn't have gotten, he probably should have played five percent of the snaps, and then we'd be saying he's an unknown quantity instead of you know, writing them off in the way we seem to be. But the, but the Ravens need to get younger and they need to know mm-hmm. as quickly as possible, is Broderick Washington one of the players that's going to help them get younger? And I think, unfortunately, they may have learned more about that than, than, than they wanted. It's going to force them to make some other decisions with older players this year. 
And then, uh, you know, they'll go into the draft, and I think they're, they'll be looking to draft one or two defensive linemen again. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, it, it could be – I mean, it can be seen as a good thing, though, um, for Washington to have those reps because he knows better now in having those reps and not doing so well what he needs to work on. There you uh, go. It, whether it be uh, better anchoring or just better uh, play recognition um, or even to change his body type a mm-hmm. little bit, because you, you can totally do that with modern um, uh, exercise routines and, and, you know, what, whatever TB 12, whatever. And so um, he has, he has that information. Information is very valuable. Yeah, he is definitely one of those players who, if he invests in himself well, he could still have an NFL career. And and you, you hit it right on the nose. The Ravens have had some of those guys where bodies just improve. Ryan Jensen, probably the best one among linemen mm-hmm. in terms of, of you know, a year-to-year uh, progression. He's not a player who's going to still be around to make that choice after year three going into year four. He needs mm-hmm. to do it this offseason. He does. Or it might be too late. He absolutely does. Um. I think that's uh, – oh, um, Crawford. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what they have with, with uh, Crawford. <laughs> well, I, I don't think anybody does, and, and maybe he's in the same position as Washington, but I thought he, he's a uh, more of a nose tackle guy, I believe. And let me take a look at this here. Well, he, he lists at 290 if you look at pro football reference, but I don't think he's actually 290 when you look at the guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he may be more of a body type that's a little bit like Washington in terms of, of uh, size-wise, but he played pretty well in the game against Pittsburgh, the COVID game, uh, when he's called on and, and uh, had some snaps there. Uh Yes, there's very little to go on here. I think he's a guy the Ravens can hang on to on their practice squad. So Mm -hmm. he's he's an unknown quantity with currently no tape at all. He'll certainly Mm -hmm. go into into this preseason with an opportunity to play some in the second half of games. His calling card, um, which got him signed with the Ravens, was that he was a very good run defender in college. Um, So... At the very least, like kind of like Washington, he has a chance to secure a backup spot mm-hmm. uh, on the team. Um, I don't, uh, uh, you know, the Ravens like to play the um, uh, uh, like to play the practice squad game, uh, so they will hold guys back um, and keep them on the practice squad uh, if they're not, you know, essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like a baseball team, um, keeping keeping guys a little bit longer on AAA, or pitchers with options, right? So, um, uh, he fits the mantra of somebody that would maybe take over for Jelly Ellis uh, down the road. Now he's smaller uh, than than Ellis, but. He has that that run defense grade that says, you know, maybe he can be that kind of specialist. Right. If 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 um, if he's a, a undersized but highly penetrating 
nose tackle. I think you can go with a difference of styles there. And so you have Williams for most of your snaps and you have Crawford for 15 snaps a game. And that provides you with a different stylistic fit against, you know, some opponents. I think it's, I think it's a way to go. I don't think your opponents are going to come to the line of scrimmage very often and do anything, but look at the shading of that player to make their determination of what play they want to run. I don't mm-hmm. think they come to the line of scrimmage and say, Hey, wait, Brandon Williams not in the game. We got to run the ball. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just don't think they do that. Okay. <laughs> um, is there anybody else uh, in I, the room? I think that those are, those are really the guys, uh, you know, in terms of, of how they fit together, it's, it's already a fairly crowded room and it's crowded with age. So there really is really the question of does Ellis return? Where does Crawford fit? If they limit the practice squad size this year and it's down to 10 again, instead of 15, mm-hmm. does that crowd out one of their defensive line options there? Uh, you know, they, they also, you know, you, you pretty much want to come to camp with at least one to two extra bodies. So if injury forces your hand, you're, you're still in a decent shape. I, I do think they'll draft. And I think Ellis is a kind of the most natural insurance policy at 25 to 50,000 of guaranteed money that they could cut at the end of camp. Given that is Washington, did Washington play too many snaps uh, to be eligible for no, the get, practice squad? I don't think there's any rules on it anymore. They, they, there were old rules, but now I believe he's eligible to go right back on the practice squad now. Okay, so you might you might end up seeing both Washington and Crawford on the practice squad. Then maybe it, it could quite could quite possibly be. And obviously, there's always the risk of somebody going to IR. Um, and and then you know you look at these names; these aren't the only names we're going to add to in the draft. We might add one via free agency. You know. You yeah, know. that's the um, that's the kind of the wild card here is free agency is in this uh, uh, suppressed uh, market um, with a lowered cap. There's just there's going to be more people cut. Um, and we're already talking about, I believe the, the, uh, the Broncos Broncos are thinking about getting rid of Von Miller, for example, mm-hmm. that's a different position, but there is, there are probably going to be names, um, available. Uh, well, I mean, JJ Watt, there you go. There's a perfect example. Uh, most of them are going to be older because they, the teams have to get rid of their cap hit. Um, right. So it would be more of the same, (laughs) more of the same, but it, but it typically also means second contract. And in JJ Watt, it's, it's probably his third contract or, or very far into extensions on the second deal, but it's a guy who's going to be last year of his second contract. He's going to be the most common of that group. So we're already talking about a ninth year player, typically, Mm -hmm. you know, that might've signed a five-year deal among the big names. You know, I, I I think there are two things that are going to happen, two dynamics that will happen with the lower COVID cap. One is that there's only going to be a few players who really cash in, get the big money this year. There there won't be very many. And then uh, if, when you talk about the mid-level stars, like probably Judon falls into this category, JJ Watt, because of his age may fall into this category. Jadavian Clowney was this last year. They kind of chase the money downhill as the offers go down through the off season and into the regular season. Yeah. they end up signing for, you know, J.J. Watt's case, it might be $8 million, where, mm-hmm. you know, a year ago it might have been $14 million. So, it, you know, it, I don't think it's there, – there's a there's a, a obvious roadmap for this, and I think that, the, the you know, the Ravens are one of the teams who are going to be really smart to hoard some extra capital to make those moves as they really become available and very um, obviously a good deal for their situation. 
Yeah, I don't expect the Ravens, uh, if if I were you know to place a bet on it, mm-hmm. I don't expect the Ravens to sign an outside free agent in the first week after free yep. agency opens. I do not expect that to happen. Um, they're concentrating on their own players. Um, that's what EDC said. You want to concentrate on bringing back our own players. That's what they're going to do. Some of these guys are going to hit. They're, they're telling them, look, see what you can go get. It's the old Ozzie Newsom treatment. See what you can go get. If you can't get it, come on back. And this is a, in a, in, in, in a kind of a reverse psychology way, the lower the cap is, the better it is for the Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I would agree with that. The Ravens are not one of the teams that's going to benefit from having this cap explode by another 5 to $10 million. They're much better off in the current position uh, in terms of doing that. Even though they have a bunch of contracts coming due and a bunch of contract stacking that's going to all come due after the 2021 season with that great 2018 draft all basically maturing into their second contracts at the same time. It, it really would do the Ravens very well to have the cap be as low as possible this year. In fact, I think they'd be better off if it were five million lower, not five million higher. <laughs> uh, well, they're pretty good. Uh, th- th- this was it's it's uh, it's funny how things come together. That the Ravens have already done a lot of work to clear cap room to get that fixed, and now they're not in trouble, you know, like some of the other teams are. But um, going back to defensive line, I don't think. Either of us are expecting the Ravens to put a lot of money into it. They kind of already did that uh, last year, and they have other positions that are, um, uh, have vacancies, <laughs> most notably the edge spot, but also mm-hmm. wide receiver and offensive line. That um, uh, I think that's where the money is going to go. Uh, I, but I do believe you're going to see a draft pick or two. Completely agree. And it makes all the sense in the world to make it be draft picks because they're the ones that benefit you for multiple years in terms of value relative to cap. And, and the Ravens desperately need to get young to move cap to the offense uh, with the way their situation is right now. Still a historically cheap offense. Defense, very expensive. Uh, there's a little bit of dead money. Obviously, Earl Thomas had something to do with that. So the defense was spending even a little bit more before they made that big cut. Mm. One can only imagine if uh, that $10 million wasn't on the books, but it is, and you deal with it. Pleasure to have you, Jason. Always a great football conversation with you on the show. Uh, tell folks about your Twitter handle or where else they can find you. Uh, sure. Um, I am on the uh, Russell Street Report message board as WNC Ravens fan, as a, uh, a person who was born in Franklin Square Hospital and, and raised in Baltimore. Uh, moved to the uh, Western North Carolina area. So WNC Ravens fan for that. And on Twitter, you can hit me up at 25 Nuggets. That's 25 underscore Nuggets, capital N. All right. Great to have you on, Jason. Uh, got upcoming show seven or six, seven, eight. I forget where we are in this process, honestly, because we record them and then we and then we let them go. But uh, we still have a number of positional reviews to do, all sorts of Orlando Brown content out there. I want to point people to something. If you haven't seen it yet, it should be out by the time this comes out. Take a look at the video of run concepts done by Michael Crawford and Josh Mustyko. Fantastic study of the Ravens run concepts. 10 out of 10 analysis in terms of how things work in the Ravens offense and then how to present that data in a very useful way. So I, I think you really like that and I uh, hope everybody will give that a try. And, and a lot of people listen to these things in their car. 
this is one you need to be at your computer and actually enjoy the video that goes with it because the visual element's extremely well presented. So thanks again for listening, folks, and we'll talk to you next time on Film Study. Breaking up is hard to do, but when it comes to your wireless carrier, you should have left a while ago. You deserve better. Xfinity Mobile. Break free from the big three. Get unlimited with 5G included for $30 a month when you get four lines on Xfinity Mobile. Prices may vary and are subject to change. Reduce speeds at 20 gigabytes per line. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package, but that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.